Oh, he's a junior doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, videos, art, and science. I'm not saying I'm 100% correct on my videos. Try to maintain credible sources. Yeah, so he's a junior doctor in Australia. What is, yeah. What's a junior doctor? Well, that's a good question. So we need, might even talk about what is this, what are the, um, what's the structure of medical education in Australia? In the land down under. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did. He posted a picture on like Instagram mm -hmm. a couple days ago, I think, where they were all like, it looked like they were student doctors, who mm -hmm. it was, mm -hmm. but you couldn't quite tell. Isn't that weird? Yeah, we're going to find out today. That's a good thing. Learning. Learning's going to occur. Rotations is all about allowing interesting people the opportunity to share their opinions and ideas. Some listeners and viewers may find ideas and content to express, distributed, or obje objectionably. Hello, everybody. This is Todd Fredericks. I'm an associate professor of family medicine at the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, and I have not been this. I don't want to offend other guests, but I'm going to say it. I've not been as excited about an interview in a very long time because the person we're going to interview today, who Ryan will introduce you to, is someone that affects me in my practice. 25 years in the medical practice, and this individual I turn to when I need a quick synopsis of something I've forgotten a long time ago. And so with that, I'm going to give it over to our current host, an all-around great guy who's going to nap, Craig, with a poster on podcast ethics, which is really awesome, Ryan Schropp. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Schropp. I'm OMS2. Um, today, we'd like to welcome on the show Armando Hasadungan, who is an intern physician and also um, illustrates uh, for fellow medical students on YouTube. Um, we would also have on the show today Harsh Patel and Saran Chekhol, um, and then, of course, Dr. Fredericks. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. All right, Armando, let's go ahead and uh, get into it. Uh, please tell us about your background. Okay, so I, I'm guessing this means just about, uh, about my life in general. What, what um, brought you so here? Sorry? What brought you to this point? That's what we want to know. How did you, yeah. Oh, good question. Well, just quickly, I mean, I, um, I've, I finished high school uh, in Australia and I had a few gap years afterwards. I was never much of a science student. I was more of an artsy student. So I did a lot of visual arts. I liked music. Um, I also liked languages. So science or medicine, anything sciencey, wasn't in in you know uh, on my mind. Um, it wasn't after high school. I had a few gap years uh, where I was working and everything. And um, I, I don't know. Something drove me towards doing a physiotherapy initially. Um, and, in, in, and in order to do that, I had to do, um, I actually had to do some science subjects because it was compulsory in order to enroll in physiotherapy. And so I did biomedical science. Um, but then during biomedical science, for various reasons, I, you know, I, I decided to do medicine instead. And so I pursued, um, you know, I, I went down that pathway. I did an entrance exam, postgraduate entrance exam for medicine. Um, got into medicine very fortunately, uh, which was a four-year degree in Sydney. Um, finished it, and uh, here is where I am now. Well, that's great. I guess uh, what kind of motivated you to, the, to do the illustrations, though? Um... Yeah. Okay, so I'll bring you back to when I, um, after I finished high school. So, I mean, I was, I was a very visual person. I loved art. I loved creativity since I was young, actually. Um, and so when I decided to do physiotherapy initially, 
um, I, 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 you know, my first undergraduate degree at university was biomedical science. And so, you know, it was really, it was actually really tough for me because I remembered like all the lectures, it was all text, it was all people speaking in front of you. Um, and so it was very, it was a hard way for me to learn. But I found that looking at diagrams on textbooks, looking at diagrams on journals, it was a really good way for me to, you know, a good way for me to learn. And so I, you know, I came up with an idea of doing my own sort of diagrams, mind maps. Um, and, um, and I guess I started doing this and I realized I was able to remember things more. Um, in terms of the actual videos, what happened was in my first year of biomedical science, so not medicine, this is biomedical science degree, my first degree, I, um, I had to do a presentation on pharmacology. I had to do a presentation on a drug and it was and it was a drug called etanercept, which is a TNF alpha antagonist. And you know, I, I I decided to do something different, which was to draw and record myself drawing. Um, and then I presented it, and I I got good feedback. But not only that, I found that by doing so, I was able to retain information, remember it, and understand it a lot more. And so, and so I I essentially did did this like I did this for a lot of various topics throughout my biomedical degree. And then I decided, for whatever reason, just to upload it on the internet, and you know, people liked it, and it gave me motivation. So it, you know, it benefited not only me but other people. So I kept doing it, and it was, uh -huh. uh, and it continued from there. And so from YouTube, you know, uh, you know, it, I, I decided to make a Facebook page, and then from there, Instagram, where I would upload regular illustrations, Twitter. And it's opened up a lot of doors, which I'm super grateful for. I'm very lucky. Mm. Armando, did you share this with your classmates first before you went to YouTube? Or did you just go straight to YouTube and say, screw the classmates, I'm just going to go to YouTube? <laughs> yeah. So, no, honestly, that's literally what happened. So, on, in my biomedical degree, I mean, I had a pretty small cohort. It was very small. I studied in a very small city. Um, and I don't know, at that, like, I remember during that time, which was like, I forgot how many years back, like not many people went to YouTube. Uh, not many people, yeah, went to YouTube to to learn stuff. I remembered at that time there was Khan Academy. That was probably the only, like, one of the biggest educational things around. And I loved it. Like, I thought it was so good. Like, I was a very, I was a visual learner, and I learned so much about data and data analysis and all this stuff from the, from from him. And so I thought, hey, you know, there's 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 some uh, me medical stuff lacking, or there's some bioscience stuff lacking. Why don't I do it? And I just did it just because I thought, yeah. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's how it started. One thing I'm interested in is um, we're all fellow medical students too. We're all busy. How do you find the time to do all these illustrations and videos while also trying to study for your coursework and stuff? Yeah, no, that's a great, I mean, that's a, that's a very good question. And I think it's a question that a lot of medical students have asked me in the past. The simple answer is um, I do it because I found out, like, as I mentioned, I, I do it because I feel like I, I learn the topic a lot better. I mean, I, I'm able to remember uh, a lot more. I'm able to understand the content better. Um, and surprisingly, this, this is surprising, but by doing this whole process of drafting, recording, narrating, editing, and listening, like I'm able to, there's, there's all these modes of learning and, and I feel like I'm able to retain that information for a lot longer time. Uh -huh. Like this is my personal 
feeling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I like, the, you know, how I find time is I basically, you know, I do it because like I, I, I essentially do videos uh, on the topics I'm studying. So it's quite helpful. Okay. I wondered about that process, Armando. And what got me was I figured there was probably at the time until recently, I didn't realize you were a physician and now a physician. But I figured there was something, there was some part of process that you were doing this for yourself. And now I know that that was part of study, but I'm really curious because I'm a producer and documentarian. How long does it take you to produce one of these things? Because, I mean, they're pretty elaborate and the illustrations are flawless. So, I mean, obviously you can sketch things out, but, I mean, there's a production process for you. What does that take for you? Um, so, in summary, like, uh, I guess it would take me from... From drafting the concept to narrating, editing, all that stuff, I think one video would range. Again, it depends on the video and the topic, but it would range from, uh, I would say, five hours at least to, yeah, five hours to seven hours. I would say five hours to six hours. And you're a solo um, operator. Are you doing the whole? Are you doing production and post production yourself, Armando? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and. I, should I say, unfortunately, I really wish that, um, I guess I'm, I haven't sort of branched out or anything like that. Um, so yeah, everything I'm doing really, yeah. Well, um, I don't think that's something I could do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like the videos. I actually watched the, the one on diabetes insipidus last night because I was going over some board stuff, so. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so I thought, I thought they were very useful and I thought it was just as good as things like Pathoma and stuff. It gives you, Pathoma will be like, hey, this is, know this stuff, it's high yield, but you'll actually explain why it happens and the pathophysiology behind it, which is, to me, a lot more helpful to know the whole concept rather than just know a blanket fact. Um, so, Armando, you're on a global basis right now. Um, you have people from different countries listening to you. For example, here in the United States, we're listening to you. How does that impact you as an artist? I think it's, it's so, I mean, it's so, like, I feel so, I feel so happy, I guess it's the right word. I feel so happy that, like, to, to, to know that there are so many people from all different countries uh, listening to my stuff. I mean, there's a, because interestingly, there's this feature on YouTube, right, or Facebook, where you can see where the number of viewers come from. And actually, United States is a top. So, you know, that's, it's really awesome. I mean, um, it, I mean again, like, you know, knowing that there's so many, there's, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of viewers, um, it, it motivates me to do more. And especially getting positive feedback, it motivates me even more. Um, so that's part of the drive. I'm, you know, uh, part, of, part of the drive. Yeah, I mean, you're going, you're going into summer right now, Armando. We're going into winter. And so, I mean, I specifically pulled up your community-acquired pneumonia video just to look at it to make sure that I was clear on what was going on. I mean, it is a reference tool, not just for students, but any physician that finds it, I just find it really compelling. And that causes me to ask this question. As educators, we're always concerned about the quality of content. How do you make sure you're vetting your ideas properly and that you're substantive in terms of your references so that, you know, people know, yeah, this is legit? Great. No, that's a really good question. And that's something I really... I should mention in my early videos, I never really paid much attention to. Although, should I say, every video I do, I do, I do use like proper resources. I do use textbooks. I do use um, up-to-date best practice. You know, all these good, good resources. 
but I guess in the earlier videos, I never really, um, I mean, I, I mean, even now I, I don't really reference in my videos, which is probably a, a bit of a mistake, which, uh, but I've just sort of continued that on. Um, however, you know, I do disclaim to people that, um, you know, I, and because this year I'm, I'm, I'm only a doctor this year, but the, you know, the previous years I was a student, I would disclaim guys, I'm only a student. I'm not a professor or anything like that. These videos, you know, I try to make from credible resources. Um, so please don't take it hundred percent if, if, you know, if you're concerned, but you know, saying that I feel like YouTube is a community where students, um, you know, can watch videos and can comment and can correct people. And I've had people correct me on a few things. Um, and it creates a good discussion and, you know, like I, I, I'm sensible about it. I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, good point. And I would, and I would edit the video if there was a mistake, but I, I should like, I should mention that, you know, I, I do use proper resources mm -hmm. and I do look through it again and again. Um, unfortunately, again, like I don't have, I, I, I don't have qualified you know professors or doctors that actually read through all my things because that would mean that I would have to rely on someone else to, and, and this is, and this takes up time and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, another thing I want to mention is that as you guys probably have seen in the videos, some of the videos, um, there's always, there's always some minor spelling mistakes, but those are gr grammatical errors. And I feel like that, that makes it a bit more personal. You know, I, it doesn't seem, uh, very, it doesn't seem fake. I mean, it's, it's, it's genuine. It's me writing, it's me doing, some small mistakes and like, I can't, I can't edit that out. Like it's not, yeah. Will, um, will you release your videos to like a specific audience before you broadcast on YouTube? Oh, so I, I didn't, I didn't target a specific audience when I uploaded on YouTube, um, any of my videos. I just like, for example, the first video on Etanacept, which is the drug, I just uploaded it just because there was a, just, you know, there's was, there was nothing on it and then I would upload all these immunology videos because there was no immunology videos I didn't really target anyone I don't target anyone with these videos specifically um, but saying that as I'm evolving so these last couple of years I'm definitely targeting more medical students okay like that's a definite um, but saying that you know I do want to cater for any science students really because they all study similar stuff so yeah yeah i mean i guess just anatomy is i guess though it just depends like how in depth you go with your videos like that will probably you know point towards who you're going to cater towards the most because you know yeah. future physicians need to know something more in depth compared to a different medical profession uh, profession you know um, but yeah. I think after watching your videos, you pretty much cover everything that's in at least all the board review books. So I think you're doing a good job of, at least for us. Um, I don't know. I can't speak to any other profession though. Um, uh, how do you, I guess, do you, I guess what my original question was trying to ask was, do you release it to like any professor or any people to kind of screen it before you put it on YouTube? Or do you use the YouTube audience as your, um, I guess, check back? Yeah, so it's I I asked the YouTube uh, community basically okay to see what they say, well, and um, I mean most of the videos I do it's it's I'm literally I'm literally getting in the information uh, resource the information from these credible resources like up to date, 
Harrison's textbook, you know, all printed textbooks, and I just reword it differently. Okay. And I draw the diagram to represent it. So, like, it's very, it would be very rare for me to say something that is like not true, um, if that if that makes sense. So, yeah. So 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 here's the thing, Armando. I'm as an educator, I'm not afraid of Wikipedia. A lot of academics are, but I find Wikipedia is a perfect place to start uh, an investigation, especially when it comes to the sciences. Even in controversial science, there's usually some dis- discussion about well, this is a controversial topic. There's people who disagree with this. Then you go to the references, you start looking, and then you can start. A properly trained uh, student will know how to vet those resources and say, well, that's kind of shady, but this is a peer-reviewed journal. Um, so I guess my my question is, is when that uh, when that feedback, when you get feedback, negative feedback, from how does that process work to edit something you've already thrown up there? What do you do? Do you take it down and then just go back and re-illustrate or change? Or what do you do? Yeah. So, I mean, then it, first of all, I, I feel like it, it depends on how negative the feedback is. If it's something minor, if it's something very minor, like it's controversial or whatnot, I would just leave a comment. If it's something like like an incorrect term, um, I, I may just edit it. Um, there, there are features on YouTube where you can, um, you know, make a, make a caption that pops up. If it's something completely incorrect, it's, if it's something completely incorrect, I can't give you an example, but um, just something completely incorrect um, I'm, and, I'm, and students are using it to study, I would take it down, edit it, and re-upload it. And I've done, and I've done that. Not only that, I've actually, there are a few times where I've drawn a lot of things, like I've finished the video or nearly finished the drawing, and I realized I screwed something up, and I would be like, damn it, and I would chuck it all away. So it depends on how bad the, the error is, the mistake. <laughs> but again, like, I, I, I don't really pick up on the errors until later, until I finish everything, usually when I'm editing or usually after I uploaded it. So, yeah. Okay. It's a, bit, a bit tough. And, and, can, and may I say, like, it's, it, it is tough, and it's, and it's, and, um, it's tough especially because everything is hand-drawn. It's uh-huh. not like digitalized where it's easily, you know, you can edit things on and off sort of the using a video software. Like I have to redraw the whole thing. So, and that's, and that's why part of it's, I don't want to like redo it <laughs> just comment or like say I've done a mistake. So yeah. Armando, that leads to a question because as a, as a guy who deals with the media production myself, Harsh was wondering, ask the question, Harsh. Yeah. So, um. I, there are some videos where you can see uh, in the shadow of your hand that you have like a paper underneath that you do like your preliminary drawing and then do yeah. you just like shade it, I guess, draw on top of it on another paper? Is that how you do yeah, it? Yeah, so, no, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, um, so so this is, this is part of my process of creating a video. I would start off with a big piece of paper. I would start off with a big piece of paper and you know, choose a topic. I would read about the topic, and while I'm reading, or after I've read the topic, I, I would have, you know, I would basically put that information and sketch it on using a light pencil, using a very light pencil onto the piece of paper. So just recently, I'm just doing one on salivary glands. So I'm drawing stuff about salivary glands very lightly on a 5H pencil, which is super light. And basically, and, and by drawing that, you know, doing it step by step, I'm, I'm, I'm already, um, you know, like I know what the storyline is going to be. 
I'm drawing it step by step. I, I'm not writing a script. I'm just drawing this, you know, the drawing is my storyline. And then I have an outline and then I'll draw on that five, you know, I'll basically draw on that same piece of paper. And that's what you're seeing, basically, the, 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 the light sketch. So is it really your hand? Because we know there's whiteboard production software that will put a hand in for you with your illustrations and you import them. <laughs> or are you actually doing this in real time oh, with your hand? Way. I'm playing with my hand. It's it's def it's 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 all live. It's just fast forwarded. Yeah, so and you can see it. Like you can see it. It's very. Uh, it's not like those. It's not like those ones that you see. It's just all like same motion. What are you shooting it with? What camera? Uh, so I don't. Know, you can see at the back there. It's a uh, Panasonic. Oh. Nice illustration rig. Look at that. <laughs> Panasonic GH3. Sweet. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty decent one. It's not like amazing. It's all right. It, it's good Just enough for, for good enough for for for, uh, for for real live production is what it is. It's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you got something? Yeah, uh, I'm personally a big fan of your work. My question is, most of the time you're very good at like having a 20 or 30 minute video that hits on pretty much everything that you need to cover. So how are you able to synthesize all that information in like a couple of minutes and present it to the audience? That's a very good question. Ah, that's a good question. So, I, I mean, I guess the the way I would explain it is, I've just found like textbook summaries, you know, the summaries at the end of the chapter to be super useful and beneficial in terms of just the main concepts to get. So I would use those sometimes and definitely just illustrate them, de definitely point them out in the illustration. But not only that, I mean, um, you know, as I read through text. As I, you know, as I read through text, I would basically just highlight what what are important points, and I would you know use that in my script, and I would use that in the image, because most of the time, you know, there's all this jargon and stuff like that, which you don't really need to know, and um, yeah, it's just a matter of it's the same thing as using a highlighter and highlighting you know notes on your textbook. I do with drawing. Cool. And I think it makes it more fun if it's if it's if everything is drawn and everything's flown like flowing. It makes it more fun and enjoyable, maybe. Yeah. Um, Harsh, do you have uh, another question? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you realize you're a big public figure, especially in U.S. here. Um, but not a lot of people know what you look like. So is that right. are you trying to like hide your identity, or are you, <laughs> have you ever thought about like putting your face on one of those videos on YouTube, or? Uh, no, nah, I'm yeah, I'm. I, I don't know. I've never been the type of guy that likes to, you know, show like show face. I guess I I I'd like. I'm a very. Uh, I'm I'm not an introvert, but I just I'm I just don't like. You know, I'm like I like to be. I guess I don't know. That's a very good question. It's very hard. I just yeah, I just don't like to show face really. Um. um I don't think I need that gratification yeah. or anything like that. You just want your Although work to speak for itself kind of thing. He's an artist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Armando, far be it for me to tell you how to do your thing, but it might be interesting at some point for you to talk about your process to the medical students. I like the idea, especially as an educator, because believe me, I'm a visual guy, and I get feedback all the time from med students about how they want more visual, more pre-records, more stuff to digest, uh, because we have a very active, engaged curriculum here, a lot of uh, flipped classroom stuff, where it puts a lot of weight on the students to, to process information. And it might be cool for you, at, now that you're a physician, to talk about that process. This is how I do what I do, and this is where I get my resources, 
And I think it'd be really informative for a lot of students. I think they'd be curious to know that, yes, this is I'm watching this Australian knock this stuff out, and um, I know what I'm getting is a good product. And I know that he's also a really cool entrepreneur because he'll listen to what I have to say in feedback, and if it's something wrong, I'm actively involved in the process of improving information globally. I think it's really inspiring, actually. It's not a bad idea. Maybe maybe I will make a video on how to do these videos. I think it's not a bad idea because I do get that asked a lot, actually. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of really – well, for other educators too, Armando, because if I tell – my, my see, I'm kind of flaky about this in terms of I, I have a 23-year-old brain and a 50-some-odd-year-old body. And so when I talk to my colleagues and say, look, the new wave is, is – I mean, I can teach a lot of medicine off of YouTube. So – why don't you use these resources? Armando can draw a lot better than you can. So why don't you <laughs> use Armando, refer to him, help his data analytics. But you can also find out how he does this process so you know you've got good information. I think what we've learned today is really good. It reaffirms what I've thought all along about your stuff anyway. So anyway. So Armando, you've, uh, you said you got ideas to how, for what your episodes were based on what you were learning in school like during that time period, right? Yeah. So yeah. now that you're... Uh, like in physician and more in the clinical aspect, do you think your videos will change to more of that aspect or you still try to stick to the sciences? Good question. So um, I still, believe it or not, as you progress through medical school, as you become like an intern and then as you become a senior physician, you will forget a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so... And it's surprising, like, you know, I talk to senior doctors and stuff like that, and they will, they will forget the the physiology of antidiuretic hormone, vasopressin, they will forget about absorption and secretion of nephrons, which is not really relevant in clinical practice. But nonetheless, it actually makes more sense when you understand the whole physiology. And so I, I still have thirst to know and understand what's going on in the human body. And so I, I'm still making videos on clinical anatomy now more so, okay. as well as physiology. Um, so it's, I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I am tailoring it more, however, more towards the clinical side of things, because I, I want to benefit out of it to, you know, to uh -huh. further progress my, um, you know, clinical experience. But still understanding the fundamentals i'm still you know doing these videos on physiology which i think are super important yeah well that's that's uh cool to know especially as i get to go through my uh um yeah. career i can just look back on the videos um nice. so do you ever take like um requests for certain topics at all sorry can you say one more time do you ever take requests for certain topics at all uh, look, no, I don't. I, I, I've, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, it's just, thing is, my hands are tied. I mean, I, and that's part of the reason. I mean, if I had a bigger team and stuff, obviously it'd be great to take on ideas. Um, yeah, I always tell to people, I have a list of things that I want to do, and that's true. I have, like, I have in my mind, in the back of my head, I want to do this, 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 this topic. How long and is so it, Armando? How long Sorry? is the, how long is the list right now? It's 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 usually in threes. I don't go. Oh, you do go beyond three. Way. But but usually but usually one 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 idea has like five videos in it or something like that. So for example, now on my mind, I I have the series that I want to do on clinical anatomy of the gastrointestinal tract. Um, so that's going to be like a lot, like salivary glands, esophagus, stomach, duodenum, uh, and all that stuff. Um, you want to go to the second segment? Sure. Well, Armando, we'd like to thank you for coming on today. And um, 
we'll everyone stay tuned because we'll have another second segment coming with uh, Armando shortly. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Armando. Rotations is an experience in student medical journalism. Rotations is the weekly podcast of all things medicine and science and is part of the media and medicine family of me- medical storytelling. The opinions and comments expressed on Rotations do not reflect the official or unofficial positions of Ohio University, the Ohio Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, or the Scripps College of Communication. Guests on Rotations are interviewed in an unopposed fashion so that their ideas and opinions can be freely expressed. Rotations produced by Todd Fredericks. Rotations is co-hosted by a League of Champions of All Things Medical and a few people we pull off the street. Rotations is copyrighted and while we welcome citations, tweets, Facebook likes and other endorsements via word of mouth and social media, we receive all rights to content. You may use rotation content under the provision of Creative Commons, but you cannot alter or edit the content in any manner without express permission of the content creators and you must cite rotations as the source of any content derived from the podcast. We welcome any comments and you can contact us by emailing us at rotationspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at rotationspcast or by visiting mediainmedicine.com slash rotations.